And welcome everybody to another Strange Uncles. On this one, we have some uh, fun facts of strange ways certain people have died. A lot of these are somewhat historical figures, some a little bit more famous, some a little bit less. Um, but nonetheless, um, these are these are gonna. I hate to say it, some of them are like, "What? You 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 died that way?" Anyway. For most people, a bullet through the head means instant death. However, for one man in the Wild West, a hole in his head barely phased him. David Lunt was drinking in a saloon in the infamous town of Deadwood, South Dakota, when a drunk man burst through the door and inadvertently shot Lunt directly in the head. Rather than fall dead, Lunt simply dusted off his pants and headed home. For the next two months, actually 67 days to be precise, Lunt went about his daily life until one day he started complaining about a headache. Shortly after, Lunt finally succumbed to the damage done from the headshot, ultimately dying from a piece of broken skull getting lodged in his brain, which had created an abscess. Um, but you had a great 67 days, right? Crazy. When Mary Reese's son last saw her, she was sitting in a recliner in her nightgown smoking a cigarette. The year was 1951. To combat the warm Florida heat, the grandmother had left her windows open. This was the last time anyone would lay eyes on Mary Reeser. The next morning, Reeser's landlady went to deliver a telegram, only to discover the doorknob was too hot to touch. The fire department quickly entered the apartment, only to find a pile of ash where Reeser's recliner had been. Upon further investigation, they found part of Reeser's backbone in the still-smoking ashes, along with the coils from the chair. They also found her entire left foot, which was still wearing her silk slipper. With this kind of intense burning, the fire department expected to find signs of an accelerant uh, used like gasoline, something of that sort, but nothing was found. Even stranger, the smoke only appeared to affect the upper half of the room. While the ceiling was stained from smoke, the bed sheets were still stark white. People started running with an idea that Reeser had spontaneously combusted. This earned the case of the title of the Cinder Woman Mystery, and it quickly made headlines around the U.S. To this day, investigators aren't sure what exactly happened to Mary Reeser. Many of us try to find a signature look, uh, whether that's colorful glasses, pink hair, bold bangs, whatever have you. While these stylistic choices are typically harmless, for Hans Steinegger, his wasn't. Steinegger was the mayor of a town near the Austrian-German border, Branu am Inn, uh, during the 16th century. He was known for one thing, which was his beard. This was no ordinary beard, but one that was four and a half feet long and reached his feet. Now, the mayor was smart. He didn't usually just let his beard hang loose. Typically, he had rolled it up and stuffed it into a pocket. But one fateful day in 1567, there was a large fire in town. Amongst the chaos, Steinegger's beard fell out and he tripped over it. Down a flight of stairs in the fall, he broke his neck, which obviously killed him instantly. However, that's not where the tale of uh, his beard ends. Rather than simply burying him with it, the townspeople chose to mortalize their mare by cutting off his beard and displaying it. And the facial locks can still be seen in a local museum, District uh, Horsberg and Brana, to this day. That's crazy. Anyway. Do you have a special routine for when you're sick? Some drink hot tea with honey or eat a clove of garlic or take 7-Up. In the past, we know of at least one royal figure who chose 
the wrap me up in a wine-soaked bedsheet route. <laughs> this ought to be good. In the 14th century Navarre, uh, present-day Spain, that's exactly what the doctors prescribed for their ill king, Charles II. To make sure he didn't wiggle out of the sheet in the middle of the night, a maid even sewed him in, keeping him nice and secure within the wet fabric. However, this choice ultimately ended up being not so smart, I guess. Shortly after the king was confined with the sheets, a rogue ember reached his bed, either from the maid burning the thread she used to sew him in, or from the coals uh, that kept him warm, nobody really knows, and within moments, the king went up in flames. Unable to escape the fiery coffin he was trapped in, King Charles II died from his burn-related injuries. In ancient Greece, a common way to show one's appreciation for someone was to adorn them with an article of your clothing. Oftentimes, that meant a crowd of people would throw hats, cloaks, shirts, whatever they had on hand at the person. This seems harmless in theory. It's even reminiscent of the flowers and the teddy bears fans throw today on the ice rink after a figure skater's performance. Yet for one lawmaker, the gratitude was a little too intense. Draco was well known in Greece for making one of the first written codes of laws. Despite them being extremely harsh, many citizens were thankful to have a uniform set of regulations rather than the verbal rules that could change from town to town in the past. So when Draco visited the town of Aegina, many of the community came out to celebrate Draco's contribution to society. At a theater, townspeople started sharing Draco with items of clothing as a thank you. Quickly, he became overwhelmed by the amount of clothing, being completely buried by the garments. By the time someone lent him a hand to get out, he had suffocated under the massive pile of clothes. Then he was actually buried in the very same theater. So there's that. Of all the famous founding fathers, Governor Morris's name tends to be forgotten. Despite him being the author of the famous beginning words of the USS Constitution, we the people of the United States. Morris had some bad luck when it came to his health. As a teenager, he burned half his body from scalding water. His leg was amputated after a carriage accident. He had agonizing gout throughout 1816, so the final straw was when he developed a painful urinary tract blockage that same year. Morris decided to, wait for it, by himself, use a piece of whalebone as a makeshift catheter. Unsurprisingly, this did not go well, and Morris ended up doing more damage that actually led to infection. He died not long after from complications arising from his do-it-yourself medical procedure. Hmm. Susama, crown prince of the Maurya Empire, which is present-day India, was leading the charge to revolt against the new king who had taken power by questionable means. The king, Ashoka, heard of the rebellion on its way, so he formed a plan. Despite this being 268 BCE, Ashoka's men managed to put together a mechanical elephant, loosely of sorts, to what extent we're not sure. Um, in history, it kind of got lost, the pictures, but anyway. And uh, they placed a figure on top of that that looked like the king. Uh, in front of the distraction, they built a deep ditch and dumped hot ashes into it. When Susama arrived, it seemed the trick worked. He approached a king-wielding elephant and promptly fell into the pit, dying a slow agonizing death. Ah, there you go. When you really want something, you might be willing to overlook certain details in hopes of achieving your goal. 
and when your goal is immortality, one will apparently ignore many details. This was the case for Quang Shi Huang, the first emperor of a united China. In his mind, uh, he wanted to continue ruling forever. So he had to find a way to actually make that happen. In 3rd century BCE China, that meant believing the tales he heard about ancient kings living 10,000 years by ingesting cinnabar, the bright red stone-like form of mercury sulfide. To achieve this, the emperor started drinking wine laced with this form of mercury, which is basically what it is. Before long, the emperor started coming down with a little-known thing as mercury poisoning, right? And he eventually succumbed to the illness. However, just in case his immortality plan didn't pan out, he had a backup plan. An army of thousands of life-sized terracotta soldiers to help him rein in the afterlife. So there was that. And lastly, Jean-Baptiste Lully uh, was a celebrated composer and conductor during his life in the 17th century France. He even worked directly for the king as a composer of dance music. Yet one night, while conducting a band of musicians, Lully had a mishap. To imagine this, we have to first explain that several centuries ago, conductors weren't using the lightweight batons were used that they actually use today. Instead, they had heavy staffs that they would pound on the floor to keep the pacing. So on this night, Lully accidentally banged his foot instead of the floor. This resulted in a pretty gnarly injury, so bad that it got infected and gangrene set in. When doctors suggested amputating his leg... Lily refused, as he didn't want to experience life without being able to dance. So the gangrene spread, and he soon passed from the complications. So there you go, random ways to uh, to die, just in case you know you guys haven't uh, haven't planned your way out yet. Stay strange. <laughs>